Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here recording episode 119, and today we have a very heartfelt episode coming your way, at least on my end, because we will be talking about the impacts that teachers have had on their students' lives. And I'm very excited to share some stories with all of you and also hear what stories or what questions my amazing co-host and my good buddy Jared has for us for this episode. So stay tuned. We'll be bringing you some good stories. Grab your tissues if you need them. And we hope you enjoy this episode. So without further ado, my buddy Jared, what's going on, Jared? <laughs> Hold on. Let me let me give they're still grabbing their tissues. Let's give them a second. Oh, uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, you know, the, it's interesting the whole impact uh, you know, teachers have on students thing. It's it's it can be wonderful and it can also be terrible. And at first I thought, man, I struggle to think of these stories. And then I thought, oh, Chad's a teacher and he's had a huge impact on my life. So there you go. Ooh, I like um, it. So while I'm out Spread here. Spread a little love. Please, everyone, follow us. Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. I've been just lousy with clips lately because um, Chad and I are hilarious. So check those out. Enjoy them. Um, well, you're listening to the podcast too. So I guess you would have heard the clips. Although that's not true. Some of the stuff is behind the scenes. That like is if you true. noticed, um, Chad and I did a little competition on uh, Chad does he doesn't even know about this yet, but uh, we did a little competition on who wore it best after our uh, frat uh, frat episode. <laughs> Chad and I were uh, wearing the exact same thing, and Chad was disturbingly hard on himself about uh, <laughs> how he would come out in the contest. So let's let the people on Instagram decide. Untranslatable podcast. Let us know. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Untranslatable1, the number one. I usually post the songs of the pod there, but if they're not there, they'll definitely be at the Song of the Pod playlist on YouTube. And along with the Song of the Pod playlist, you'll find our mugs talking to you, because uh, we also do this in video. Or you can um, spread a little love with those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, I'm glad you like it. I'm glad we're getting new countries um, all the time. I can't remember there was one. Oh, Turkey's new. Just got a Turkey in there. Got Spain. I think that might be new. Shout out to you guys. Also Iran as well. That's true. Shout out to you guys. Chad made a new friend from Iran too. Also um, a fellow teacher. Yeah, he's he quickly made a huge impact on Chad's life. That's true. Um, so, hey, I'm glad that you guys are listening. Now go review us, please. Spread a little love. Welcome back, buddy. It's weird. You know, I was, I was for some reason, I was expecting that when you were here, in Michigan, we'd just be hanging out all the time. But then I was like, oh, yeah, I have a job now. Right. And you actually have stuff to do. You're not just hanging around waiting for me to show up. Uh, well, you sometimes were in D- I am, but not always. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> you were in uh, D.C. last week, uh, all week. I was. And doing, a, what, orientation for your new teaching gig, which we talked yes. about a couple episodes ago. That is correct. Yeah, it's called the PDO, which is a fancy acronym for pre-departure orientation. Mm. And let me tell you, buddy, there was a lot of information I I couldn't keep. I could not keep (laughs) the acronym straight by the end of the week. There were so many different acronyms, and it, it was a lot to remember. But the thing that was so awesome about the five five day, it was Monday through Friday, pre-departure orientation in D.C., is meeting all these fellow teachers and hearing their stories um, and just being in a room with a lot of like-minded people can can give you some powerful feelings. You know, it's mm-hmm. really awesome. And it was so great to meet all of these people. I got to meet all of my cohort that will be joining me in China, and they are awesome. I believe there's like 20 or 21 of us. 
somewhere around there. So got to meet all of them and they are all awesome. Uh, I got to meet my boss as well. And it was, it was a fantastic week. Also got to walk around the city a little bit and check out the Washington Monument, uh, the Abraham Lincoln Memorial. And yeah, it was wonderful, you know, and that is actually what gave me the idea to do this episode today because, you know, I think you always forget or you don't realize the impact people have on or like the impact you may have on other people's lives unless you see them years down the road and they're doing great and maybe they tell you, you know, oh, well, this class really gave me the confidence to do X, Y, Z or whatever. But I had heard so many different stories of these teachers helping out in their communities and really making some great impacts on their students and their communities. Um, So I thought that was great. And that's where the idea for this episode came from. It was an awesome time, man. But I have to say, I missed you and I missed doing the podcast. Right back at you, dude. Right back at you. Yeah, this is not your first time in D.C., was it? I think my third or fourth somewhere around there. Okay. I'm glad it was a good time. Can you... um any like highlights? Like how are the people? I mean, the people were all great. I have to say, in terms of meeting people, this was probably the easiest for a couple of reasons. One, we had our name tags, which had where we were going. Mm-hmm. And if you were a, re- a renewing fellow or a new fellow. So it was very easy to just look down and be like, oh, you're going to Thailand or oh, you're going to Brazil. And, you know, you could easily start a conversation like that. Plus, it was... You know, teachers, I think, as most of our listeners know, we like to talk. And so it was very easy to just get into conversations with people. Uh, I made some friends as well that that were not in my cohort, which was pretty cool. Um, But the other crazy thing, though, buddy, was I was probably one of the youngest people there. There was one Hmm. person I met that was 25. I think 25 to 27, we are probably the youngest Wow. In the cohort. So that was... Like noticeably the youngest? I would say so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Did that affect... Well, I guess that is is just like... It just takes a lot of... Like you got to be pretty qualified to do this or or, uh, Exactly. Exactly. Uh, In order to qualify for the program, you need at least two years of teaching experience and a master's in TESOL or related field. So Mm. absolutely. Okay. Mm. Okay. Uh, so you had like this orientation from, let's say, I don't know, essentially nine to five or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. What sort of, um, did, did the fact that it was a bunch of oldies affect the, uh, the nighttime situation? Not at all. Not at all one bit. Uh, and there was a nice little hotel bar there and I found a little bar hack, which was pretty nice because, you know, I'm, uh. I'm frugal. Also, I got too used to the cheap beer in the Czech Republic. So if it's anything over a dollar, <laughs> I gasp at the beer prices. Um, but yeah, so I found out one of the beers there. I don't know if there was an error in the system or what, but for happy hour, uh, the beer was $4. It's Golden Monkey. Actually, we used to drink it once in a while in undergrad. Yeah, um, I great think it's from beer. Pennsylvania. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. And uh, 9.5% beer, though. So it's a strong yeah, one. it's a little aggressive. You got, you got to watch out. <laughs> um, but I realized after happy hour, I ordered one because I was like, you know what? Well, if I'm going to pay $8 for a beer, I want to get my bang for my buck. So I ordered mm-hmm. it, and then I got the check, and it was $4. And I'm like, what is going on here? This is still happy hour prices. So basically, I think Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I flew back on Friday. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday was golden monkey evening basically um so 
sat around the bar and chit-chatted with uh, people in our program and a few others. Uh, met a really lovely uh, woman who's going to Costa Rica, an awesome guy who's headed to Serbia. Um, so these people are going to a whole bunch of different places. How does that work with the orientation? Because I feel like a lot of that stuff's got to be country-specific. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So the way it worked was, well, first of all, Jared, let me give you the numbers. Um, so this year, there is the highest number of fellows we've ever had in the program. I believe there are 206 of us. Wow. They're all uh, there? They were all, well, no. So not all of the renewing fellows came because, you know, the pre-departure uh, right. orientation is not. But thankfully, in, in uh, my cohort in China, quite a few came and they really provided us with a lot of great information. So that was wonderful. Um, but there were 206 of us. There were about 585 applicants this year. So they've also had the highest number of applicants wow. as well. Um, and then they are going to over 86 countries around the world. Man. So pretty cool. Pretty yeah, crazy stuff. That is cool. That is mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, but so the way it works, though, you were asking about specifics for countries. So yeah, there were... Uh, we had a, a few meetings that were only for the, they call us EAP, East Asia, East Asia Pacific uh, mm. fellows. So, you know, we had like a health and safety briefing, which my big takeaway from that was just be prepared. Be prepared mm -hmm. and, and, you know, try to do your homework before you get there to understand what kinds of vaccines you'll need, what kind of illnesses there might be, things like that. So, which um, you've done. We've talked about that. I have. Yes, I have. And, the other nice thing is that I'll have another orientation once I get to Beijing in August, in at the end of August. So okay, um, get even nice. more specific information. But it it was great, man. It was such an awesome time, and uh, I was just so inspired by all these great stories. Uh, and we'll yeah. get to those later. Did you go to any museums or anything? Didn't really have. Well, we didn't really have time. I could have gone on Friday morning. Oh, I guess, yeah, that makes sense. You're mm -hmm. in orientation during that whole thing. Exactly, exactly. While, it's, but, while they're open. Right, but I felt kind of bad because I had this giant hotel room and an extra bed, and you know how big of a museum nerd my dad is. Mm -hmm. He could have easily come and nerded <laughs> out the whole week. So He's I got a free, tr a free hotel room. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so maybe next year if I end up uh, renewing my contract, uh, he might be Keep tagging along with me. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, they're going to like adjust the rooms and you and your dad are going to have to share a bed. Right. Um, <laughs> I have a story for you. You know, we, uh, you're getting ready for your travel. And uh, when you're in China, who knows what kind of travel you'll be doing within China. But did you hear about this story? There is a, um, there is a story of a, there was a picture of a seat on an easy jet flight um, that didn't have the seat. The seat didn't have a backrest on it. And there was a picture Ooh. of someone sitting in it, but it turns out that, uh, which we'll get to, but she, she was only sitting in it just for effect. But um, regardless, this story is, is crazy. And so it's literally a, a, like an airplane seat. You can imagine what an airplane seat looks like with no back on it. And um, the officer, excuse me, the officer, hold on. I was reading in the wrong spot. In the wake of a photo of a passenger of an uh, in the wake of a photo of a passenger on an EasyJet flight sitting in a backless seat going viral, the airline has addressed the controversy. Controversy. The original photo has been retweeted over eleven thousand times and liked uh, double that. So um, Matthew Harris tweeted this, and he shot a woman perched on a seat without a back on board, where she uh, where he said. Um, this is what he said. EasyJet beats Ryanair to have backless seats. 
Uh, for those of you that don't know, Ryanair is the spirit airlines of Europe, essentially. It's a very cheap, low-budget airline. Um, and it turns out, the so the uh, EasyJet replied and said that they were aware of those seats and that no one was booked in those seats, and that's true. It was confirmed that no one actually flew in those seats. Okay. But... Matthew Harris said in spite of that, it didn't make him feel comfortable about the uh, quality of this plane and about some of the other features being up to, up to snuff to fly him across wherever he was going. And I agree with that, but I'll tell you this. If someone were to, if I were to get a, uh, a, a ticket and I were to have, and I were to be placed in that seat, I would probably just suck it up and go. That's how much I want to just get to where I'm going. And, <laughs> and I would just take it. I'd probably be like, this isn't ideal. And who lives like, who does this? But hey, I'm on this plane now. I have somewhere to go and I do not want to get off. That's fair. I might try to ask for an upgrade. But then again, if you're flying one of those flights, there probably yeah. aren't upgrades available. Yeah, yeah. On a low-cost airline, what kind of upgrades are you going to, do they have to offer? I mean, that's true. If there's a seat if there's an open seat with a backrest like that I could see and no one's sitting in, I'll probably try to move there. But like if the flight is booked, I'm going to be like, I'm taking this. Right. And I'm just going to store this in a let's try to not take easy jet again. Exactly. I say let's try not to because I've, I've said to myself probably six to seven times that I'll never take uh, uh, Spirit or Frontier again. And then I just look at those prices and I'm like, I mean, all it's right. It's hard to beat. Yeah. Fine. It's hard Fine. to beat, man. But yeah, that's, sh- I just thought that was an interesting story about uh, some ridiculousness, some sky, oh, sky ridiculousness. I'm sure I'll have some crazy stories to tell you once I start traveling around mainland China as well. Oh, I hope so. I can't I'm, wait. I am sure. Uh, and we'll, we'll cross that bridge once we get there. But now, mm-hmm. Jared, I think it's time to... Spread a little love. I agree. I agree. And before I go into the shout outs, I thought, you know, we're talking about teachers who have had impacts on our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a couple teachers and professors that I want to give a quick shout out to um, and Hmm. send all these good vibes out into the universe and let them know how much I appreciated them as teachers. So, and these aren't, I I could have a very long and extensive list because I have had some, I've been very fortunate to have some amazing teachers in my life, but I'll just, I'll stick to high school and college only because otherwise this list would go on forever and this episode would be one long shout out. So (laughs) here we go. From high school, I would like to give a shout out to my math teacher, I believe my sophomore year of high school, Mrs. Bauer. She was amazing. I was terrible at math all throughout high school. I hated the subject. She was the first ever math teacher I had that I actually enjoyed the subject. I did well on my tests and she gave me confidence in my abilities as a math student. So... (laughs) Big shout out to Mrs. Bauer. You were one of the best math teachers I've ever had, so thank you. My next one is Mrs. M or Mrs. Miskevich, who was my AP English teacher. And I think she really fostered a love for the beauty of the English language and all of the great literature out there as well. And she was just an amazing teacher. We had so much fun in her lessons. And, uh, and yeah, and we stay in contact once in a while nowadays through Facebook, and it's wonderful oh, to see nice. she's doing well, and she's great. And of course, Jared, I could not leave out my high school German teacher, Frau Z, Mrs. Zubritsky. She was so amazing. If it was not for her, we probably wouldn't be doing this podcast right now, because <sighs> I would have up. never met you <laughs> at Albion studying German. So big right. shout out to Frau Zubritsky. And then to continue on that same vein with German and German studies, Obviously, our amazing professor and my advisor in undergrad, Perry Myers. He was my advisor, too. 
He was so great. Uh, Perry Myers, also uh, when we studied abroad in Austria. Uh, Frau Sarnett, Andrea Sarnett, one of the best teachers I've had for German, especially over there. Uh, she wow. just had such a great way to teach. What, what was it about her uh, that made her one of the best? I think she just had a way of really facilitating interesting discussions in class and making it fun, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, okay. Yeah, she was one of my favorites. Um, and I saw her a few years ago, and we had a wonderful chat and had some coffee, and that was really nice as well. How'd that happen? When was this? I was back in Vienna. I think this was the summer after I finished teaching uh, German study abroad class for MSU. My parents came to visit, and we went to Vienna, and I sent her an email, and we met up for a coffee, and it was wow. really great. Um, so, yeah, she was awesome. And then the last uh, few teachers I'd like to uh, spread some love to and give a shout-out to are um, Dr. Tom Lovick, who is my advisor for my master's in German studies, recently retired, so I believe now he's Professor Emeritus, and he is a great guy. Spent two summers abroad in Germany with him, and he taught me so, so much about more than just German, but about managing a study abroad program and a lot of other things. And lastly, um, really, I could talk about these teachers forever, but uh, Dr. Winky, who is my advisor Winky. for uh, my advisor for my uh, <laughs> TESOL degree. Also, uh, Dr. Gertler, who is such an amazing professor oh my and gosh, my shit. other advisor. And lastly, Dr. <laughs> Kramer, who helped me... Um, with my graduate assistantship and she is awesome and they deserve a lot more love than just that but there is just the tip of the iceberg for them so now let's get into a few other shout outs though because there's a lot of good going on in this world jared and i think it's Mm -hmm. important that we focus sometimes on the positive when you see so much negativity in the news and everything so my first shout out goes out to i think one of mine and jared's favorite places Berlin, because in Berlin, they have actually increased the number of bees and have been doing a bunch of beekeeping in Berlin. So I think that's awesome that they're trying to do something. Um, For those of you who don't know, if the bees die out, we are going to have a lot of serious problems with our agriculture because they pollinate. Oh, so they they keep the plant life strong? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we'd have to ask, you know, a legitimate scientist to really... Look forward to our next episode where we get out a uh, beekeeper. (laughs) A beekeeper, that'd be cool. You know Morgan Freeman's a beekeeper? (laughs) I did not know that. Yep, a little fun fact. But yeah, so shout out to Berlin. I think that's great. I'm really curious how they do it in Berlin. I'm assuming it's in the outskirts of the city. I'm not really sure. But I, I think mean, that's Berlin's awesome. so big that there's plenty of area that's kind of seems like it's out in the middle of nowhere, but still in Berlin. Oh, absolutely. I have a shout out, too. Let's and hear it. It goes out to uh, Mike Posner. You know who Mike Posner is? He's a very popular singer from Michigan. He uh, he um, has been walking across America. And he's did you have you heard about that? I heard about him walking across the U.S. Yeah. yeah. And he's been writing a song in each country, or excuse me, each country, in each state that he goes through. And um, he was in, I think, Colorado, and he got bit by a rattlesnake. Oh, is he okay? And uh, yes, he got he got sent to the hospital and he got anti venom in time, but he was in um, the hospital for a couple of days and he won't be able to walk for a couple of weeks. Oh no! And so uh, he's gonna be fine though. But um, 
it was interesting following along because I follow him on social media and stuff, and he seems like he's really trying to like spread love and you know he's trying to embody spread the spread a little love thing that we're doing here during the shoutouts. And so it's been interesting following him, watching him connect with people, and it's so unfortunate that he he um he got bit by a rattlesnake. I mean, what are the chances? You know, you are walking across the country and now you can't walk for a couple of weeks. So shout out to him. Um, keep um spread a little love and we here at the untranslatable podcast us michiganders uh wish mike posner a speedy recovery that's right absolutely and he seems like such a genuinely good dude for sure yeah yeah he seems like he's he's serious about his good vibes and positivity which is awesome you know it's, mm-hmm. it's great it really is uh speaking of famous people jared my next shout out goes out to such a talented singer and musician, and I would also say actor as well, uh, Lady Gaga. She has, uh, she is going to fund 162 classrooms in Dayton, Ohio, uh, and also El Paso, Texas, and also Gilroy, California. So she uh, has partnered with DonorsChoose.org, as well as her own Born This Way Foundation, to fully fund classroom projects in each of those three cities. And she says, and I quote. My heart goes out to those who were taken from us too soon and to their families, loved ones, and communities who are left to grieve. Everyone has a right to laws that make them feel safe in their communities. In this moment, I want to channel my confusion, frustration, and fury into hope. Hope that we are there for each other and for ourselves. You betcha. Yeah, I was, um, that's great. I was actually um, talking to someone yesterday and she was talking, there was a shooting at Walmart and uh in el paso texas and uh she was talking about how she doesn't even want to go to like she was about to go to walmart to get something and she's like you know what i'll just buy it online um because i don't want to go to a walmart after that just happened but it's like um if the thing about the u.s these days is like with that mentality you can't really go anywhere anymore you know right and uh it's it it's 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 uh not only is it a real fear for all of us like everyone but it's especially a big fear for you know just innocent kids in schools and stuff. So um, it's I, it needs school needs to be a place where people feel comfortable at, not not are looking around at people like uh, who is what's, what's this person looking so right. funny? Absolutely, <laughs> actually, buddy. So speaking of this, um, I had kind of a, a weird moment last night. So last night we're gonna break the fourth wall here, and last night was the final evening of Dexter Days, which is a festival in the town where I'm currently uh, living in. Mm -hmm. And um, I forgot that there were fireworks to commemorate the last day. And I kid you not, dude, the fireworks went off and a bunch of people in the tent all looked at each other kind of like, oh shit. Like, is that a gun? Oh my god. I literally was about to drop below the picnic table, man. Like, um, it scared me. And And it's sad that it has come to this. In, in our yeah. country, you yeah. know, um, and then thankfully I realized it's like, oh, it's only fireworks. But <laughs> sadly, some people have not had that luxury, you know, and so yeah, I agree with you. And, and learning and going to school can be difficult enough for so many children and so many people. And and like you said, Jared, people should be able to feel safe. Should be a good environment for them to learn. And speaking of college, um, there is a school superintendent in Marietta, Georgia who has decided to donate his $10,000 bonus to high school seniors applying for college. 
Isn't that amazing? Man, I mean it is, but oh my god. It's not sadly, yeah, that's not even a drop <laughs> in the bucket for college. But I think it's an amazing gesture. Uh, yeah. basically uh, the superintendent expects 150 to 200 students to apply for college. Um, and he says he hopes the donation will encourage students to apply to college early, which may give them a better chance of being accepted and receiving financial aid packages. And he said, my hope is that it's an incentive for children to do the right thing. So it's Mr. Rivera, who is the superintendent of uh, Marietta Schools in Georgia. And it's absolutely awesome. And he says, quote, I don't believe... A bonus provided by the board should be earned on the backs of the teachers. Um, so, yeah, so I think this is great. It's really awesome. And uh, and it's also safe to say that uh, Mr. Rivera has is having an impact on his students. Oh, by absolutely. Doing that. I'm sure the kids – sorry, I got tangled in my headphone cord. Yeah, the kids will not forget about, about him and um, his small – in the grand scheme of things, but as far as for him personally, a pretty big sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, a ten grand uh, bonus is is not nothing. And, That's true. Uh, it, it, it's sa- really saying something. Just give that up, because even if even if you do have good intentions, you know, you also have bills to pay and a, re- a reality of life Absolutely. that you have to take into uh, consideration. Absolutely. And you know, the thing is, I feel like there are so many people in the field of education who are some of the most generous, selfless people out there. You know, teachers spend their own hard-earned money for school supplies and for other things for their students so they can be in an environment uh, to succeed. So it's really amazing. Yeah, so, it yeah. is kind of almost partially self-selecting, though, because a lot of these teachers that get into it know that there's a good chance they're going to be putting forth at least a bit of their own money to, mm-hmm. uh, to have the sort of teaching environment they want, so... It, it does. I think even though it is a bummer that that's the way the system is and it shouldn't be that way, I think it does at least help select people that realize, like, you know, everyone knows that this is the reality of the American teaching system. So if you're going to go into it knowing that that's part of the struggle, then you got to think that they must really want to do it. Absolutely. Well, buddy, do you happen to know what time it is? I do. We're far away from each other. Hey, it, look at the time. Did that... Uh, did the I will uh, go off a couple minutes couple ago? A couple minutes ago, yes. Oh, I just missed it? Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's the untranslatable owl. That means it's time for some untranslatables. And mm-hmm. um, I've got a bunch today, so let's do it. Let's do it. Get into it, buddy. I'm curious to hear okay. what you have today. Sure, sure. So my first one is Colombian Espanol. And it is Echad los perros perros dogs perros yes the dogs i don't know what the verb means though echar los uh oh i'm such a idiot what um i i have so the way i write out my um my untranslatables is um i write it out in spanish then i write the literal translation then i write the meaning and i just realized that in the literal translation spot i have um all right i got it I have um, Spanish again. Echad is to throw. So it's to throw the dogs. Throw the dogs. Throw the dogs. Hmm. Mm-hmm. May I ask, is this a good or a negative? Untranslatable. Uh, depends on how you look at it. I mean, it, it involves, <laughs> uh, like, like it's, it's, you throw the dog, like if to throw the dogs is to be in a situation with a, someone that you find, uh, Someone that you find um, fetching, you would throw the dogs. Oh, so 
Okay. So it's like when someone catches your eye. It is to flirt with someone. Oh, to flirt? I like that. Okay, throw mm-hmm. the dogs. Can you say it again in Spanish for us, Jared? Not really, because I can't roll my R's, but uh, echar los perros. Echar los perros, okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, Jared, I have a couple Danish ones for you today, because I figured, you know what? I haven't done Danish ones, and Danish is a really cool language, mm-hmm. uh, and so we're going to do some Danish today. So here we go. My first one for you is pa godfot, which means on a good foot. Is that like starting off on the good foot? It's like same as English, where it's like we're we're on the right on the right track, or like we're we're gelling together. I, I'll like give the, it to you. The, let me. Look. Yep, the judges agree. We'll give it to you. Yeah, yeah you're just good. on good terms. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the literal translation again? On a good foot. On a good foot. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. My next one is Yoruba, and it is Gabogabo Alangaba. Lo danu dele akomo ai tunu nurun. And it literally means all lizards lie flat on their stomach, and it is difficult to determine which has a stomach ache. Oh, and hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. All lizards lie flat on their stomach, but it's hard to tell which one has a stomach ache. Yes. Hmm. It's just like it's it's. Is this kind of like it's hard to tell who's telling the truth or being upfront and honest with you? No, we have a, I'd say, relatively a pretty similar untranslatable um, about books. What, a bookworm? No. All lizards lie flat on their stomach and it's difficult to determine you which... You said about, about books. Did you not? Yeah, I did, books. but is that, that, a bookworm huh. is not the only option. <laughs> about books. To read somebody uh, like a book? Mm, nah. No. It means uh, what I was looking for is you can't judge a book by its cover. Oh, of course, the super easy, obvious one I forget. Of course. Because it, okay. it really means everyone looks the same on the outside, but everyone has problems that are invisible to outsiders. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Jared, this next one's a little violent, but uh, maybe you'll be I able like to violence. figure it out. <laughs> it is Skyder Papaguyan. Which it's means still Danish. Still Danish, yes. All okay. mine for today are Danish. Um, so, Skyder Papaguyen, which I'm sure I didn't pronounce that right, but it means to shoot the parrot. Mm. Shut someone up? Nope. Someone that's annoying you? Definitely not. Um, how, how could I... Hmm. Shoot the messenger? Nope. Nope. Okay. This one is actually very positive. I don't know what the oh. Danes have against parrots, but... <laughs> I mean, parrots are annoying. Um, I don't really like parrots either. My sister used to have one. Um, or a parakeet. I don't know. Some sort of bird like that. Um, shoot the parrot. Is it like to give it your all? No, let me let me try to give you an example. Um, so maybe I'm walking down the street and, um, you know, I had spent all my money the day before. And I'm walking down the street, and I see a crisp $20 bill sitting there, and there's nobody around for miles and miles. And mm-hmm. so I take that $20 and put it in my wallet. And that's you shooting the parrot? Mm-hmm. I shot the parrot. You just uh, you just got lucky? There you go. Yep, okay. there you go. Hmm. Maybe it's because shooting a bird isn't easy. So it's like it was just a lucky shot or something. Could be, yeah. 
uh, I, I have a couple more, two more, and they're both Greek. Nice. And the first one is Kaniti Papia, and it is to do the duck. To do the duck. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of what ducks do and what that would even mean. Let's see here. So um, you mentioned finding money. Mm-hmm. And then you... Uh, oh, wait. Is it to play dumb? Wow. <laughs> All right. All it right. means to keep quiet or not mention something in order to avoid being blamed for it. So that's not exactly yeah. it, but I'll give it to you. It's you, close. You still, that's kind of playing dumb to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. What do you have? Well, how did you get that? I have no idea, man. No all idea, right. but yeah. Just had, had a feeling. I don't know. Uh, all right. Mine, my next one for you, Jared, is also Danish. Continuing the Danish trend today. And this is... Gatnet mid flagget, which means gone Would down with the me? flag. Going down with the flag. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like you're taking one for the team. Not really. Um, so, for example, Jared, you know, we, we're recording this episode this evening, and pretend we get started, and I don't have anything prepared. You see me sweating, and you're like, Chad, what's wrong? Um, have you gone down? Have you gone down with the flag? Oh, is, are you sick? Not sick. Or like uh, nervous? I Not down nervous. Like what's wrong, essentially? Going down with... I don't, I don't know. I, I, it I need, basically... I, it, sorry, that's my bad. Basically, it means you are stressed. You feel stressed. Oh, You've okay. gone down with the flag. Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, okay. Uh, this is my final one, and it is... Vika... It's also Greek. Vika... Vika... Aptaruk... One of those. I came out of my clothes. Oh, is that just like to come out of your skin? To like open up? <laughs> really open it up, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that. It's uh, more of a, a negative thing. So say... Um, to be frightened or shocked? No. In, the U- in, in, in America, we might say... Um, Something involving your lid. Oh, to flip your lid? Yeah, I thought it was blow, blow, blow your lid, but yeah. Okay. It, no, it, which means to... Uh, no, that's not what that means. Oh, okay. What does it mean? Uh, that means that you're very angry, enraged, or livid. Mm-hmm. So you're so mad that you uh, come out of your clothes. Oh, okay. So you're like enraged. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never gotten so angry I've needed to come out of my clothes, but hey. It was the first time yeah, for everything, I think Jared. I think I've gotten so angry that I at least need to, like, take off a jacket or take off a sweater. Like, I'm so angry that I'm getting hot. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right. You won't like me when I'm angry. That's true. Watch out, people. Watch out. Well, Jared, I think it's time we talk about the impact teachers have on our lives. And before I go in, I have found some a couple little gems on Reddit. I love to peruse around Reddit once in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, But before I get get there... I'd like to share with you a couple of the stories I heard while I was at the conference, which is, you know, the inspiration for this entire episode. Right. Yeah, I know that, but the people don't know that. You said that you were telling me before we started recording that um, you heard a lot of teacher-related stories while you mm-hmm. were there. Interesting that that even came up, you know? Well, well. so the way... <laughs> right. So interesting. A, a whole room full of hundreds of teachers talking about and explaining their fellowships and their experiences. Really 
Really right. crazy. Right. Really crazy. Right. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Slip it so, on gator piss. So one of the first stories was from a fellow that was in, I believe, Uzbekistan. And she had basically told the story that she was one of the first teachers that really had empowered the other, her female colleagues and also a lot of, I believe she taught at an all-women's university. I could be wrong. But basically, she empowered a lot of the, the women to, you know, start to ask for, you know, oh, well, there's this conference coming up. I would like to go to this conference. And she helped them, you know, with all sorts of stuff. And she also helped a lot of the younger students, female students as well, feel more empowered to speak up, participate more actively in class. And... Uh, Really oh, so she the, wasn't the one. She was the one with the impact. She wasn't talking about a teacher of hers. Right, right. These okay. were all teachers that were talking about their own fellowships and kind of what they were doing. Uh, that makes mm-hmm. more sense. Okay, yes. I thought I thought they were. You guys were sharing stories of previous teachers. You I had. see what you're saying. I see. Okay, see, there was the disconnect. That's why I was okay. confused. Sorry for being a sarcastic asshole, Jared. That's my bad. <laughs> okay, and then so that was a story that I thought was really amazing. And and you know, here's the thing. In, in certain countries, obviously, there are still a lot of differences with gender roles, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think sometimes you need to hear it from someone who has lived similar experiences, right? You know, me, if, you know, me as a white man, I go into a small village somewhere in any country, and I'm teaching a class of all, you know, middle class or even, you know, very poor um, children they're not probably going to maybe respect my experiences or expertise as much as they might a teacher who has gone through a similar struggle that they have, right? Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes it's really great that you have these positive role models, whether it be, you know, whether it be a, a female teacher teaching you and it's a class full of girls, whether whether it be a male teacher and you're, you know, and you've never had a positive male role model in your life. And uh, I think it's really amazing and heartwarming to hear all of the ways that teachers can make these positive impacts on our lives. Obviously, teachers can make negative ones, too. Um, That's very true. But, yeah. So that was really great. Another story I heard was from a fellow who was in Tijuana, Mexico, and she was training the teachers. They want in, I don't know if it's next year or in two years, they want to actually offer an entire bilingual program, meaning basically all the courses will also be offered in English. Which is, which is great because then you can have a wider range of international students as well, not only Spanish-speaking students. And she said that just being there and helping the other professors, um, you know, kind of teach them how do you teach these subjects in English had made such an impact on, on their profession and on their lives, on their confidence. And it's really amazing to see, to see people grow you know, with your own eyes, when you see them learn and improve, and it's really amazing. Especially due to, like, because of your instruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Did you Absolutely. have any stories to share? Yeah, um, well, well, so these are all returning fellows. So mm. um, so I did not get up on the podium because I was a new fellow. But um, would you have any stories to share if you were talking about your just your teaching uh, experience? Absolutely. I've got a couple. Um, one of them was, well, so it was funny. My last... One of my last lessons in the Czech Republic, I asked my students, I said, what were your favorite things about the lessons? What did you learn? Questions like this. And a lot of students told me that I had really improved their confidence to speak English with a native speaker. And I think sometimes, man, people will put 
whether it's a foreigner or a native speaker teacher or whatever, they tend to put people on a pedestal. And until you get that true human interaction, you know, you always think of these people as, oh, well, they're a native speaker. I can't converse with them because I'm going to make one mistake and they're going to think I'm the biggest idiot in the world. Mm -hmm. And then when they realize, oh, wait, I can make mistakes and, you know, he might, you know, I'm sure there were times when I made grammar mistakes too when I was speaking in class, you know, and then they realized, right. oh, they're just a human. So that was really great for me to hear my students um, telling me that they became way more confident in uh, speaking English. One of the biggest ones, though, that really warmed my heart was I had a, uh, I had three students from Saudi Arabia when I was still at MSU, and I was teaching a beginning level uh, speaking and listening class. And and, you know, I was thinking, okay, how will I assess my students? You know, how will I evaluate them? Because when you teach a speaking and listening class, it's not really like I can just give them a test, you know, and assess it. I have to assess their speaking skills and their listening skills. So you can do a test for listening. But for speaking, you have to get them to talk. And so I thought, you know what? I don't know anything about Saudi Arabia. They're experts on their own country. So I had them do different presentations about Saudi Arabia. So whether we did one presentation where it was all about cities, we did another presentation, like what's your favorite place in Saudi Arabia? Another one about food in Saudi Arabia, music in Saudi Arabia. It was really amazing to hear these, hear these stories and watch my students improve. And it was so awesome. One of, one of the more quiet students, the more shy student, he came up to me at the end of our last lesson and the other two had left the classroom and he had told me, I want to thank you for giving me the space to speak and develop more confidence in public speaking. Mm. And so I'm hope he's doing well. He was an awesome student. And that was a, a great class because it was only three of them. So we had a lot of great talks and they had a lot of time to do a lot of speaking themselves. And the fun thing was at the end of the semester, I gave, I gave all three of them like a, like a little award, right? I found a certificate template online. And I made them little certificates. And so I gave one of them, I gave him the, I think it was the, the personable award because he was always very friendly and very talkative and very personable. I gave another student the overachiever award because I would have them do a homework assignment and he would always go above and beyond. Ugh, and, I hate that person. And then, and, then, <laughs> and then I gave the other student who came and talked to me, I gave him the, um, the most improved talker award because in the beginning of the class, he rarely spoke. And towards mm -hmm. the end, he was sharing his opinion. He was agreeing and disagreeing with students and he was doing all of this in English. So it was really amazing to see. So those are, I would say, two two impacts I would say that that I've made on students but now I think it's well, important let me yeah. just say this before you move on I've never had you as an official teacher you've casually taught me various things but on episode 114 teacher horror stories there on YouTube someone commented saying we want Chad back in Czech Republic so uh there's another impact you made just so you know there we go Warms my heart. That's and I said, great. Too bad he's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't, not, but I should. I'm going to write that. <laughs> right. I, I, might, I might know who commented that. I'll, I'll have to go back and take a look. But that's great. Oh, that's yeah. so awesome. Um, Too so he, so bad here's the, <laughs> he's mine. Jared's writing it right now. Um, <laughs> so you know, as we've mentioned, I am. I love Reddit, and you know, peruse Reddit all the time. There's and the thing, and here's the thing with Reddit. I really like it because. At least you would like to think a lot of the stuff on there is true. Whether or not it's actually true, I don't know. But there's always really good stories. 
And some of these are great. So so the the kind of the topic thread is Reddit. When has a teacher made a difference in your life? I tried to look up, you know, teacher impacts, couldn't find anything. So mm-hmm. so how has a teacher um, made a difference in your life? So I'll just read a couple of the ones that were upvoted and they're pretty high up. And some of them are really great. So here we go. So this is from Bats Country. Uh, and it was, I had a high school science teacher who was so excited about his subject that he could barely stand still when he was talking about it. I have a very clear and entertaining memory of him literally running at top speed around the perimeter of the classroom while he was explaining about the motion of electrons. He instilled in me a lifelong sense that science could still be fun and full of excitement. Uh, The same teacher also led the local 4-H challenge club. So not only did he teach me the joy of science, he also taught me rock climbing uh, and outdoor survival skills. And, and then he ends the, his comment with, I wish all kids could have at least one teacher like my science teacher. I can't help but think that it would make the world a better place. And I agree 100%. I mean, that, that is a huge thing. I, when I, was in, uh, when I was, went to college, I took, a, um, I took a geology class. And listen... To be honest with you, I don't really care about geology. I took it because you had to take a science class. Um, but you could really, you could really tell that I believe his name was Tim Lincoln. You could really tell that, uh, and his wife actually, they both teach taught different geology classes. Uh, Beth, I believe her name was. But you could, you could clearly tell that um, they were both like very much into it. Like, I, I think that's a huge part of making that impact. Is the teacher actually? Um, being interested in what they're talking about and not just going through the motions. I, th- I mean, not. I don't think I like. People can sense that, and people can tell that, like, the, the you know, the teacher is getting excited about the subject. So I think it that excitement is contagious. And even oh, though I, I wasn't really interested in geology, it definitely wasn't one of my least favorite classes because you, you know the teacher made it interesting because they were like legitimately interested in all the fun facts and all the Absolutely. sort of you know stuff you don't even really have to teach but you just want to because you always you want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I mean, I think I think in life in general, a uh, little little side thing here to all of our listeners out there, if you ever want to have a great conversation with somebody, talk about what you're passionate about. People, at least I personally love to hear about people's passions. And mm-hmm. I think teachers can be some of the most passionate people out there, whether it's the subject subject they teach or even some, you know, side hobby. I bonded with quite a few teachers at my high school, uh, Dexter High School, because we had we were big music nerds. You know, one of my one of my teachers. Um, oh shoot! And I didn't even mention him in the shout out. See, there I knew there were going to be tons of them that <laughs> I left out. I was very fortunate and had a lot of amazing teachers. But Mr. Martello. So if you're listening, Mr. Martello, thank you for everything. And he was, the, he was the one, I walked into his class and I had been told by some upperclassmen, take introduction to media literacy. So I had no idea what that title even meant, right? And I walk into the classroom and he has a giant poster of Stevie Ray Vaughan, who was my guitar idol as a, as a kid, the reason why I started playing guitar in the classroom. So I knew immediately like, okay, oh, this is going to be this good. This guy's cool. This is going to be great. <laughs> so speaking of guitar, here's a, here's a Reddit, another story from Reddit from the Redditor Obey the Giant, and he writes, I was a really weird, depressed kid in middle school. I was into metal, super hormonal, and liked to wear my emotions on my sleeve. My girlfriend at the time had dumped me, so I decided it would be smart, what was I Mm, thinking, uh to tell her I couldn't live without her and describe it in a bit more detail. Well, um, this was not well um, 
or, or sorry, while well, this was intercepted, eventually after learning that I played guitar and loved music, the school put me in touch with a newbie teacher who was great at guitar. He would hang out with me, keep me occupied, show me new music. We'd go out to eat. He was showing me some stuff on guitar, uh, teaching me how to use certain effect pedals, etc. I would eventually not only carry a more positive and kind attitude, a more accepting ear for music, but also the skills he taught me into my own metal bands in the future. I thank him for hanging out with a kid. I think I was a pain in the ass, but I hope he can forgive me because the guy really changed my life. Also, thanks to him and a few others, I'm now married to a teacher and very much respect the good teachers in life, the ones that care to put their effort to not only teach you mentally, but emotionally. And I think that's a big thing, Jared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing about being married to a teacher is that's all they talk about. Um, <laughs> you so you, you <laughs> did date a girl. You did date a girl that was a teacher. Yeah. Um, she talked about it all the time. Right. Do I do that? I hope I, hope I no, don't. No, you don't. But no. I'm usually so proud of my students, but yeah. Okay. You never really talk. I mean, I mean, not, that's not true. Not that you never, but you, you, you don't really do that. Um, I have a question for you. Okay. What, what, what do you think? Um, this is for my own personal. What, like, what do you think a teacher and student should do to make these uh, relationships happen or these connections with teachers? Like, what, what's the teacher's role and what's the student's mm-hmm. role in this? I would I would say the teacher's role is that in many ways of an advisor advisor a mentor sometimes even a counselor you know like that last reddit story we read about the guy just hanging out with him and playing guitar and showing him stuff you mm-hmm. know just being able to take somebody under your wing and uh and you know especially if you have a common passion it's it's very easy you know um and I have a big regret that I didn't spend more time with my students in the Czech Republic that played guitar there were a few of them I hung out with and would play guitar once in a while with but there were a few of them that I don't know if our schedules didn't line up or what but I think the big thing though too is as a teacher uh especially if you are really making a big impact on your students life I think you have to be a great listener Because as Mm -hmm. teachers, I think a lot of times we think, okay, we need to provide the students with X, Y, and Z, right? Whether that be actual knowledge that they need for a test, whether that be behavioral issues, you know, it could be tons of different things. But at the end of the day, I think if you really want to have an impactful relationship with your students, you have to listen and really listen. And sometimes I've been told the best advisors in the world, whether it be any type of advisor, you know, it could be a consultant, it could be a counselor at school, it could be, could be even maybe a therapist. The key is to talk last and listen first. Yes, I think that's just a good skill for life. Absolutely. Um, it's harder to do. It's like much easier said than done, though, because um, people like to talk and t- listening is like an active thing. That is harder than I think people give it credit for, you know, like it's, you have to actively listen. Absolutely. And so the student? The student. I think the student, I think you have to be patient. I think you also, though, have to be willing to share. Um, And that goes both ways as well. You know, I think... Get a little vulnerable. Right, exactly. Because at the end of the day, you know, and I, I, it was funny, I said this to a lot of the people I was talking to this previous weekend... Um, because at Dexter days, it was basically a giant high school reunion, which at first I was kind of like, mm, I'm not so, so sure about this, but now I'm really happy I went 
And it was so great to see everybody. And the thing that I was telling a lot of people, because it was so funny, Jared, a lot of people saw me and they like looked at me and they're like, you're back in America? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm here. here I, clearly I am. Here I yeah. am in the blood, you know? And so... You betcha. But they would ask me, you know, oh, how was it and everything? And, and a thing that I realized I had been repeating, the f- you know, both nights was... The more traveling I do, podcast, you should listen to it. That's Is that right. what you kept repeating. Uh, that's right. Over and over that's right. Untranslatable <laughs> podcast. That's right. No, what I what I was telling people is that the more travel I do, and the more other cultures and countries I've been to, I realize at the end of the day, yes, we might have cultural differences, political differences, religious differences, whatever. But at the at the end of the day, we're all people, and we all want the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. We all want that good relationship with our friends or our family. We all want some scrumptious food to fill our bellies. We all want a comfortable bed to sleep in. We're all the same. And I think connecting on that human level with your teachers and realize, you know, I'm sure when you were younger, Jared, I remember like seeing teachers outside of school and I'm like, what? Like, yeah. you, you leave school? Like, <laughs> this is so like, weird. Sleep in a coffin in the, uh, in the back closet <laughs> right. of the school. And <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Or like seeing them like with their families or something. That, that's right. weird too. Right. It's like, well, you're a mom or a dad. Like, what? Right. <laughs> Wait, you have hobbies and do things in your free time? You don't but just yeah. grade papers and do lesson plans and rinse and repeat? Yeah. So I think connecting on that human level. And that's why I've had such a good relationship with a lot of teachers. Because, you know, they'll share their passions with you and things like this. And uh, it's just really great. And so I would say for teachers and for students, that's a big thing. Another thing for students as well um, I think that you have to also you also have to have trust in your teacher. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's actually a student problem or a teacher problem. If you're the teacher, you need to be able to develop that trust, but I think for the student you also have to have that trust as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because if if you don't trust them, um, you know, you're not going to believe what they're saying, you're not going to listen really, you're not going to care. Yeah, I think um, a lot of kids look at uh, teachers as like, yes, obviously they're an author- authoritative figure, mm-hmm. but more of like um, like authoritative figure like cops or something, you know? Or it's right. like if, if you get pulled over, you don't admit to, to, to speeding or whatever it is. So there's, there's like the sort of like, yeah, they're authority, but because of that, I can't fully let my guard down around them or I can't fully be myself around them and expose myself or whatever. Um. And I understand that too. There, there is like a sense where it's like I don't want them to know that I do this or that I act like this because then they might, you know, you know, now that they know I'm a human or whatever. Right. Uh, right. But yeah. And, there, no, and I, there's a fine line too. There's a very fine line. And you know, and that's the other thing about culture is, in some cultures, you can have a more tight knit relationship with your teacher, and no one will bat mm-hmm. an eye. It's not abnormal. In other cultures, you know, if you're seen, you know going out to dinner with a student, you know, people might look at you funny. And it might be, you know, you are just trying to help them out with something. And it's like, well, it's kind of late and we both need to go get some food. So, you you know, you share a meal or something. But uh, there's a fine line, most definitely, Jared. I think you're definitely going to experience those differences once you're in China in comparison to teaching in the U.S. and teaching in Czech Republic. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So let me read you another story, though, from Reddit, Jared, because this one looks pretty good. So this is from Tierney Michelle, uh, and it, it and she writes, My freshman and sophomore year of high school, I had the same history teacher. He was a very tall, quiet, and dare I say, mysterious man. 
There was an ongoing Ooh. joke that he was part of the CIA and posing as a teacher. As much <laughs> as I'd love to believe that, that part doesn't compare to how much I loved this teacher. He was the first teacher I ever had who spoke objectively. Oh, this is interesting. Never told us his opinion on any matters unless we put a lot of pressure on him and it was something that didn't really matter. And I do have to say, I had a few history teachers who did the same thing. They would, especially I had an AP government teacher. None of us had any idea what his political views were. I think it's even more important for like a government or political science class mm -hmm. specifically. I mean, history too, because people can put their own sort of things on history. But when you're trying to teach political related stuff, I think it's even more important because, you know, as soon as you, you, you lean one way, uh, whoever, whatever student thinks they lean the other way, they don't know anything. Whatever student thinks they lean the other way will be like, well, this person doesn't like, you know, lose respect for him or mm -hmm. like kind of not right. fully believe or listen to him. Absolutely. So I'm not done with the story, though, Jared. So here we oh, go. Sorry. You're good. He was an amazing teacher. He always changed his teaching styles for different learning units. He would change our seats often, all because he read that doing these things helps students remember better. Because if you're in one seat all year, uh, learning all these different things, it's hard to remember every detail. When you're in a different place, this is interesting. When you're in different places, you learn new things. You remember the details because you relate it to your new area and your new environment. Mm. He tried yeah. to teach as efficiently as possible for the majority of students. A lot of times, I would just go back to his room after school was out to chill with him. If you were ever having a really bad day, say you're emotionally drained, going through something, etc., he would let you sit in the back of the room by yourself in an area that he designated for you, and he would never call on you to answer or complain uh, if you put your head down on the desk. If you did that in any other class, interesting, I don't know what school this person went to, but if you did this in any other class, you were sent to the nurse for drug testing. Dang. Uh, one time he even stopped a fight. <laughs> and what happens if you are positive? What are they going to do? Kick you out of school. Jeez. Probably. I would, I would assume. So I've never heard Jared, of something like that before. Uh, this could have been a private school. Who knows? But here we go. One time he even stopped Still. a fight between my friend and another girl. Teachers are told, this is a male teacher, and these were two girls. Teachers are told to, uh, male teachers are told never to intervene in girl fights. And also, in my school, teachers aren't allowed to touch any students, even if they're fighting. He came into the fight and. What school is this? I don't know. <laughs> and as the tall man Jeez. he is, uh, he is, you kind of have to make space for him. He wrapped his arm around my friend's waist lifted her off the ground and brought her back to his classroom while using his other arm to deflect more hits from the other girl and then kept the girl out and locked the door except for my friend's friends who he had let in. He cared more about the... Here's the other gem, Jared. He cared more about the students than the rules that teachers had for intervening in physical fights like that. And then they, they end mm -hmm. the thread with... That's tough, though. Right. Uh, and he could have lost his job. Uh, right. I could go on for hours about the things that he's done and why I loved him. I actually had a few teachers in high school that had very deep impacts on me and my life who I'll never forget. But for something like this, he'll always be the first teacher to come to mind. He was also the very first and last teacher to make me excited about history. And that's a big key, Jared. I think caring about students. And I think a lot of teachers really care, but some of them do really go above and beyond, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree. Are you, uh, oh, you already said, I, I had a question for you to answer that. I was going to say, are you um, in contact with any teachers from your from your past? Yes, I, I am. Uh, I'm still in contact with a few from high school. Oh, get this, buddy. This made my night on Friday night. 
uh, I was at the beer tent and I saw my, my social studies teacher. He was a great social studies teacher. We were the last ones to have him as a social studies teacher. Then he became, I believe, vice principal or he started to work more as an administrator at school. And he sees my friends first and then he sees me. And you'll never guess what he says. Guten Tag. No, he looks at me. He goes, Chad Bowsley, ping pong champion. <laughs> wow. So that made my day. That was really funny. You know, there I'm are sure far you love worse to hear things. That. <laughs> right? There are far worse things to be remembered in high school uh, than being the ping pong champion. So I'm cool with yeah. it. Um, yeah. So I always wonder about like teachers' uh, memories. Like I wonder sometimes if certain teachers would remember me or... Um, or, or not like do you, do teachers have memories like that where they can memorize or remember students from far long ago i mean obviously they do I but think, like i think a lot do yeah i think a lot of them i think it just depends how long you've been teaching and also the impact the students make on the teachers because mm-hmm. if you're that student that sits at the back of class and never says anything and never does anything i mean you're probably going to be forgotten you know but if right. you have those students who participate or you know the students for me that i really remember are the ones who really said some really meaningful things in class or even, you know, made us laugh as teachers, you know, that's always mm-hmm. great and it's always easy to remember, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you still seek out mentors professionally, personally? Yes and no. I think I need to get better at this. I do but, too. But yeah. Um, and that's the beauty of the program I'm going into is there are so many great people who can kind of be a mentor to me, which will be great. Um, because- I think it's important to mention also that, like, just because we're no longer in school or no longer have official teachers, like, the teaching is still happening, especially for someone like me that's in, like, a corporate structure but sort of Mm -hmm. lower down on the totem pole. There's a lot of people that say, I want their job or, like, I like how they, um, you know, handle themselves at at a company where it's like, man, I want to, you know, I want to learn from you. Um, And so... You know, teaching does not end once you're out of the classroom. And that's something I really need to, I mean, I don't want to say get better because I've never been good at it, but it's something I need to work on is trying to establish those those sort of relationships. Because I think that um, I could, I could, there's a lot I could learn um, just about being in the corporate world and about being in the, in the working world that I haven't fully figured out yet because I'm, I'm very much used to sort of being you know sticking to myself and not s- establishing close relationships with coworkers because mm-hmm. it feels a little weird sometimes right and it also feels like there's a clear line you have the you can't pass when talking about your personal life or when talking about um you know things that concern you or whatever like you know so that's something that, that i um I, I i struggle with but i think is is you know finding a good teacher or finding a good mentor is not limited to school oh absolutely and i think i think in the future we should cover an episode on lifelong learning some tips and mm-hmm. tricks because yeah i think and especially nowadays it's a great idea you know yeah nowadays we have so much access to information now granted you also have to know what's what's good information out there and not <laughs> maybe we need to now also do an episode on fake news and disseminating information but any, <laughs> anyways um you know i think yeah i agree you know, it's important to become a, a lifelong learner, but also you need these mentors. Now, the great thing is too, though, is I think in a lot of ways, reading books, you kind of get a mentor through whoever wrote the book. You know, you're getting all yeah. this knowledge and stuff, but sometimes it's also nice to have that personal connection as well. Um, mm-hmm. So Jared, I want to read one more story from Reddit and then we'll 
we'll move on uh, to another topic. But this okay. one just seemed like an interesting story. So this is from Royal Silver on Reddit. I had a teacher during my sophomore year who pretty much changed the entire way I go about my education. Back in the day, I was one of those little skater punks who would rather be out cruising on a board than stowing away in a classroom that didn't interest me. I thought I was cool and stuff. Don't get me wrong. Skateboarding is really cool. And I'm still quite enthralled by it. But a basic education is cool. slightly more important <laughs> for most people, right? Uh, I thought I was too cool for school, you know? I hardly did my homework. I got average grades. and I, ab I had absolutely no academic ambition whatsoever. Once my sophomore year rolled around and I was still in the same mindset that I had been since fifth or sixth grade, I got my schedule a few days before school started and I found that I had gotten, in quotes, stuck with the hardest and supposedly strictest history teacher in the entire building. I was in shock and was entirely disgruntled by a fear that I would legitimately fail her class. I may have gotten average grades, but I never did fail a class. It wasn't the fear of the class it, it wasn't the fear of the class that turned me around. It was the fact that if I missed a day at school, she offered to have me stay after class and write down her impossibly long notes that she, incredibly, I might add, recited from memory. At first, oh my I thought it was annoying. Why would I stay behind and put some extra effort in for a class that I didn't even want to take? Then the first test came around. I took the test and holy poop, man, that stuff was harder than anything I could imagine. As she passed the test back the next week, she handed me mine and said, you could do better. Uh, I turned the papers over and I got 100%. It wasn't the 100% that changed my academic mindset. It was the fact that she, the woman who supposedly was the meanest teacher in the school, winked, smiled, and patted me on the back and laughed the happiest laugh, uh, laughed the happiest laugh I could. She had gotten a kid who had no care for history or school for that matter to succeed. And she was legitimately happy about it. Mm -hmm. uh, she showed me that some teachers want every single kid who comes through their doors to succeed. And some of those great people will go to extreme lengths to help us succeed. The pat on the back was what started it all. At first, I just wanted recognition for doing some good work. But as I matured, I was able to put myself into the mindset that I was doing this for myself and that my academics were important. She showed me that they, were, they weren't just important to her, but to me as well. She set me on a path of hard work and excellence that would have been exponentially better than if she had not taken just a few extra hours with me and patted my back. Some people are incredible, man, and this teacher definitely was. I think um, this is super cheesy, but like, it, it positive re it like I, people like positive reinforcement is an underrated thing. Absolutely. And, um, I, I I never realized how how important it was. I think until um my the, my first job I had out out of college, I was a financial analyst and I, I hated it. And I not only did I not like the job, but just like the the culture at the company that I was at, like people didn't really like like it just wasn't a very communicative situation and then at my next job my uh my boss would often be like good job or you do like you did good work or like oh that's exactly what i was looking for or whatever and i was almost like uh, embarrassed at how much how good that made me feel or it's like wow it's crazy how like simple reinforcement um makes me specifically but i assume a lot of people actually want to try harder oh absolutely because you actually feel like what you're doing matters and is in that you're doing the right thing and so um 
yeah, even like the most ba- what seems like the most basic sort of good job can go a long way because I didn't even realize I needed or wanted that until right. Um, I got it like once. Absolutely, <laughs> and I think it shows that your work and your efforts are are valued and appreciated. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah, it's very very important. And I think all of these teachers that have made an impact on me, on you, and our listeners out there, you know, they have done that where. You know, I, I remember having students tell me all the time in the Czech Republic, oh, my English isn't very good or I don't speak good English. And it's like, it's like, it's not perfect, but it's good and you're trying and you're improving. And that's all that matters at the end of the day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that, and I'll never forget, dude, I was smiling from ear to ear one of the first times I ordered my lunch, all in Czech. And the woman said, Heskim Luvit, which is like, you know, like nice... Nice speaking or, you know, like, good job talking or whatever. Parada. It's hard to directly translate. But mm-hmm. when she said that, dude, I had the biggest grin on my face. I felt good <laughs> about myself for, like, a week after that. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for any excuse to speak Czech after that. I guess it's not hard exactly. to live there. But, uh. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, we just want to thank all the teachers out here uh, on the Untranslatable Podcast for yeah. putting in your hard work, for supporting your students and making the world a better place. But you know what else can make the world a better place, Jared? Yeah, I would say that's music. And that's a perfect segue, because also I wanted to shout out a non-school teacher, uh, Miss Renee Yerger, my piano teacher. She had a huge influence on my life, and she's a a huge proponent of going the extra mile and being positive. Um, I don't know if this music is her style, though, I'm going to be totally honest with you. Uh, um, but I like it. It was by the guy's name is Mortimer. Is that how you say Mortimer. it? Mortimer. Mortimer. And the song's called Careful, and it's a reggae song. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like it a lot. I mean, it's, it's I don't want to say typical reggae, but it does sound very reggae. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I don't know. I just enjoyed it. It was chill. It's kind of a chill song. Has and, a great message, though, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to listen to it. I listened to it maybe two or three times. You have to listen to it a couple times to get the message because he he is Jamaican. Well, not not only that, I saw myself the first time listening through. I was just caught off with the the music, the instrumentals, mm. the horns, you know. And it's that happens great. most time. I've it, really any album or song that I really like. Like the first, I'd say, a good number of listens, you're just jamming out to it. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, a weeks, months later, you're like, oh, I didn't realize this was the line. Yeah, I've, right. I've been singing this. And I didn't even realize it was the line. Right. <laughs> like what they're actually talking about. Right. And the whole song Careful is all about basically be careful of the people in your life. You know, just mm-hmm. because they may call themselves friends or even family, you know, they may not have your back. I think he calls them job. snakes. That's right. Um, <laughs> hold up. There was a YouTube comment that, that actually had one of the lyrics, which was great. Let me see here. Uh, maybe I can find it real quick. Okay, where is it? I'm looking. I'm looking. Uh, aha, right here. There, he's talking about the smile. You know, your friend smile at you or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and he sings, sometimes it takes a closer look to really realize. And I think he's yeah. right. You know, I yeah. think there are a lot of people out there who... We'll say, oh, yeah, you know, I'll do this, I'll do that. Yeah, we're friends, you know, and and they're the last people to have your back. Yeah, I think especially in, in our age group, or maybe most age, our age group and older, that that's a thing, too, because I think there's a, a big line between 
someone that's maybe fun to hang out with or someone that you might consider an acquaintance because you see them all the, uh, often and you guys have fun together. But like, you know, having a good friendship or a good relationship with someone is more than just, you know, the fun parts of it, you know? And so I, I think that is good. I like that. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed the song too. Maybe if I gave it a couple more listens, I, I would... uh. I would catch more of it, but I did enjoy it. And because it is, you know, Jamaican accent, you do kind of have to listen critically to catch to catch it. Because I don't know all the uh, all their idioms and untranslatables right. and stuff. Hey, this is not fully related, but have you listened to Chance the Rapper's new album? I have not. No, I think you'd like it. You should I'll, check it I'll out. I'll give it a listen. I, I've been listening to it. I, right. I like it a lot. I think too, Jared. I probably listen to more reggae than you do, and so for me, it wasn't mm-hmm. difficult to decipher what he was saying. Right. Um, right. But it's fantastic. Check it out. I believe it's Mortimer. The song is called Careful. Check it out on our Twitter, Untranslatable1, and our mm-hmm. YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast, mm-hmm. for a good meaning and some great vibes with this reggae tune. So check that out. And next up, Jared, I'm very excited <laughs> to bring you the new... You waited for it, people. You wanted yes. it, and here this it is. This is what you've been asking for. Time for the first ever... Chinese word of the pod. I'm going to China in a few weeks. I did not know you'd be starting early. This is exciting. Yep. Yep. And I'm still having some difficulty with the tones because, you know, they have like a rising tone, a falling tone, a flat tone. Um, And so depending on if you say the tones incorrectly, you could be saying a different word. (laughs) Yeah. What the hell did you just say to me? Right. right. What'd you call me? I said nice shirt. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) My first word, my first ever Chinese word of the pod, Jared, is... Lao Shi, and Lao Shi means teacher. Okay, so is there when when writing um, when writing Mandarin phonetically, is there a way to represent where the different uh, yes there stresses is are stressors? Funny are? you ask that, Jared. There's this I forget the name of the guy, but it's called Pinyin, and Pinyin is basically uh, Mandarin written out phonetically with like like slashes on the top or like a straight line like Shi. For Lao Shi, it's like a flat tone. Okay. So you have like a flat little line like that. So yeah, so pinyin... So it's actually kind of similar to Spanish. Right. The accents over the A's and O's and, and stuff rep- tell you where to put the uh, the emphasis on the word. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of Spanish, Jared, yeah. what is your Spanish word of the pod for us today? My Spanish word is aprender, and it's a verb. I've heard it before. Aprender. And I don't remember what it means. So what is it, Jared? Aprendo Espanol. Uh, it means to learn. To learn. Oh, there, that's why. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There we go. See, I guess I heard more estudiar, which is to study. Yes. Yeah. Aprender. Isn't that more like a major kind of thing? I think so. Yeah, I think it's yeah. like German, how they say studieren is like mm-hmm. a major, whereas lernen is, you know, you're learning something or, or studying yeah. something. You're studying right, something right, as right. well. Well, Jared... It's time for us to cut loose a little bit and have a couple laughs. And so I got some corny teacher jokes Loosen for you. Loosen up my tie now that we're done with the that's, serious part of this episode. That's right. <laughs> that is right. So, so Jared, why did the teacher write the instructions on the window? Uh, so the kids would actually see it? Because he wanted the instructions to be clear. Uh, I seem like all the kids were just staring out the window. And so that's right. the only way they could, they'd read it. Right. Why did the science teacher go to the beach? Mm, why is that? To test the water. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, this is... Uh, wait. Uh, okay. 
Teacher, what is the shortest month? Um, shortest month. Oh, I know the answer. What is it? Uh, all the summer vacation months. May, it only has three letters. Uh, oh. That is a real corny, like, English teacher joke right, right there. Right? <laughs> Why, I would so have said, like, July be- or August because that's the time when I'm away from the kids. Right. So, Jared, you know, we, we've had a lot of positivity this episode. And it's time for maybe a little bit of a negative joke for you. So, here we go. Why did the teacher turn the lights all the way up? Why is that? Because her class was so dim. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that actually seems like a funny joke for the teacher to pull. Like if there were like uh, dimmers to turn up the lights brighter. It's like, sorry, it seems like um, I need to get some sort of uh, some sort of intellect in here. It's very dim. Right. All right, I'll give you one last one, Jared. So the history teacher asks their students, what did they do at the Boston Tea Party? What do you think the students say? Mm, I don't know. I have no idea. They do say, I don't know, because I wasn't invited. <laughs> okay. All righty. Cool. So there we go. Some Thank corny you, teacher jokes for everybody out there. I, I always enjoy them. That's for sure. Well, Jared, it's time for a quote of the pod. And I think if there's anything that, um, that you know, we can kind of recap this episode is, you know, the, the teachers that really make the impact – they really care. They listen. Mm-hmm. And um, as you mentioned, encouragement. Oh, shoot. I think it was encouragement. I'm trying to give it to you word for word. Encouragement. Ah, enthusiasm. There we go. Enthusiasm is contagious. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be our quote for today because it's great. Yes. And it's betcha. so true in all walks of life and especially teaching as well. Enthusiasm is contagious. So all you listeners out there, be enthusiastic. Get out there and catch everybody, infect everybody with that enthusiasm bug. Yeah, I agree. I'm trying to be more enthusiastic about my hobbies. But like, you know, like I'm a big car nerd and I know a bunch of facts and stuff about cars that no normal person knows. And um, most of the time I try my hardest never to talk about it and not really bring it up. Just because it's like most people don't care about that stuff and aren't into it like I am. And so I just feel like I'm boring people. But I think there is something to people seeing like seeing your interest and knowing that you have hobbies that you're deeply deeply interested in, even if you don't care about them yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think if you've ever talked to somebody who's super excited about something, you start to kind of feel that excitement, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you do that really to me great. with guitar sometimes. Right. And I'm like, oh, I man. don't even really know what you're talking about, but I'm into right. it. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I could nerd out on guitar for hours on end. Um, anyways, though, that, that's another, another talk for another episode, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And we just want to thank... Well, first of all, obviously, I'm biased as a teacher myself, but still... The end of this episode today, we want to thank, once again, all the teachers out there. You are doing amazing work. Keep it up. And you are really making a big impact on your students. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're hopefully making the world a better place. Also, to make the world a better place, give us some five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher for the Untranslatable Podcast. Let us know how teachers have influenced your lives, have made an impact at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com or slide into those DMs on Twitter, untranslatable one. Also for our songs of the pod. And check out our Instagram for clips, photos, and all sorts of other stuff, Untranslatable Podcast. We would love to hear from you all. 
We hope you've enjoyed this episode. And as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, de cuyeme, muchas gracias, and shishu.